Hi, and welcome to the Mountain Collective Podcast. I'm Thomas Sackman. I'm a 3D character artist, character and creature artist, currently working in DINEC. Uh, apart from that, I'm an industrial designer, and I have a design studio in Dubai with a partner. And yeah, currently I'm working in DINEC in Vancouver. Uh, since around a year and a half and uh, I cannot talk much about what I'm working in DINEC at the moment but I've been working in in visual effects for a few years working in modeling and uh, character and creature art so yeah that's that's all myself yeah well um, to get introduction to the audience I know you from Cave Academy Academy um, or from from another podcast that I did with the guys and uh, you know it's when we talk about 3D, uh, I think you guys are doing, you know, basically the highest um, quality in terms of, you know, design and also like how much how much time you guys spend on creating, you know, one thing. Um, how where does like it, you must be very passionate about, you know, 3D to really keep on, you know, adjusting and you know working on details. Like how, where. Did that, you know, spark sparked in the beginning of your of your journey? Well, uh, actually, I studied industrial design in Argentina, so I'm an industrial designer. And while doing industrial design, they teach you 3D at the beginning, but it's not it's not that they give it like the most important thing, just one one or two assignments that they're not really important. And when I started working on that, I realized that I love doing it, and I started I started creating things in 3D for university. A bit too early maybe so i never learned how to draw properly like in that it was a part of the design process that i i, I always regret that i didn't do it from the beginning like that but uh, i learned 3d really like early uh, in the days so i basically most of my career did most of the projects in 3d so i learned quite fast and it was something that i really liked uh, after finishing industrial design i started working in in the government in argentina for for a few months doing industrial design properly industrial design or for like designing like bus stops and stuff like that. And then I got a shop in Dubai, like a bit unexpected. A friend of mine told me, oh, I have a friend, like the father of a friend, the a friend of the father of a friend is looking for industrial designers to go to Dubai. I went apply for the position and moved to Dubai uh, to work in exhibitions and events, doing project management at the beginning. I wanted to do a bit more design. So that was a bit more management at the moment and I was more in the construction side of things so I decided to move to another studio and I started working in creative agencies so doing 3D design so basically what I was doing I was designing events for example like a Nike event or Adidas or Puma or whatever we'll design the space do it in 3D and and render it for the client to to approve not the design and then we were also getting like a bit involved in the production things, like how the things were going to be built, right? It was not only 3D. Uh, after some time, I one of my colleagues, Dimitar Dimitrov, he was an excellent designer, and he was studying in a school called Teen Tank Training Center in here in Vancouver. And he was doing the course online. And I saw the work he was doing, and I thought it was amazing. And the guy was not sleeping because he was doing <laughs> full-time job and full-time studying. And he was like, it's kind of what I need at the moment. I needed a bit of like <laughs> in that way. 
So um, yeah, like a few years ago, that was that. So uh, I decided to study in Tintang, started to start uh, studying in Tintang online. And at the moment, at the beginning, was kind of a okay. I will study just as a tool for free to for design. So I wanted to become faster designing, basically, without thinking of working in film and games at the moment. It was just okay. I want a tool to keep working what I'm doing, but do it faster. And then when when I started studying and 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 learning and realizing how amazing is the world of 3D in films and games, I decided to, okay, this may, might be the career path that I want to do. Um, and yeah, uh, during my course, uh, I did one project that it was called the Bedouin Elf. It was the, like the old uh, uh, African elf that uh, it, it, it got a bit of attention. And, and in that moment it was like, okay, well, you are a character artist. So from then on, I started like, it was like, okay, that might be a path that I can take. So I started focusing a bit more on characters, um, mainly because my my supervisor at the moment, he was a lead character artist in digital domain. So it was like, okay, I want to, I want to like take advantage of his knowledge. Uh, so I, I push myself in that direction, but I like to do everything pretty. Like I, I it's not that I only do character art. I, look, I, I can do hard surface and everything because of my industrial design background. So I love, I like about everything, but now lately I like, I've been assigned more roles of character art because it, I, I, I turn to be a bit more specialized on that at the moment. Um, so yeah, when I was finishing Tintang, I, um, I got a job in digital domain. It was the middle of, and not, I wouldn't call it the end, but like COVID was getting a bit more soft. So I could manage to get the shop here and move from Dubai to, to Vancouver, uh, doing a bit of a mess traveling because I just had a, a daughter. So with a two months old daughter, we, we moved all around from Dubai, Netherlands, Netherlands, Argentina, Argentina, Vancouver, uh, Canada. So, so it was a bit of a tough times at the moment, but yeah, we arrived in Vancouver, worked in digital domain for around a year. I work in. Uh, She-Hulk in Black Panther and in Stranger Things. So in that three shows, the main show was She-Hulk and then straight, the other two were like a few weeks, but it was really fun. I learned a lot and and I, it was a great experience in digital domain. And then what you mentioned about Cave Academy, uh, in one of the Cave Academy uh, podcast or dailies, how they call it, uh, I, met, I met Marisa, one of the recruiters from DNEC. That at the moment she told me, oh, we like your portfolio, but you don't have experience in VFX, so we cannot hire you because of the visa, this and that. So when I arrived to Vancouver, uh, she contacted me and we had a chat and it was like, oh, okay, well, now that you have some experience in Vancouver, maybe we can talk again. So yeah, I got a job in DNEC and now I'm working there since then. So I'm really happy. It's a, it's a great co company to work, to work there. So yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, man. It's really amazing to hear. That's why for this is why the podcast is essential for for this specific reason, which knowing you know journeys of people. Because if someone would look at your you know portfolio and say like, okay, so this guy have worked at DD, right, digital domain, and probably they would think the first thing they would think like you have been graduated from VFX, you know, school. You know what I mean? Like, and and usually, you know, the self development factor is such a such a dominant thing in terms of you know if you want you know if you want to create your own path you can and it's really possible and also on a high level such as yours 
do you see what I mean? Like Alexandra, it's it's a complete, you know, it's a complete different, you know, path. And I think most of most of interesting people have almost a similar journey as yours, where they kind of, you know, um, look for look for, you know, something they they are good at it, and they become even better at it. They start, you know, it just grows organically, which is really interesting to hear. Um, so, DD, uh, like I know digital domain actually from Grisky Gorilla. I don't know if you remember Grisky Gorilla. Oh yeah, me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that that was that was the beginning of probably a lot of listeners can, can relate to this. But that was the beginning of you know like cinema for the like when people were you know uh, playing around with the, the lighting and stuff like that. But uh, but can we talk a little bit about DD? Like can we talk about that journey more? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was great to work at DD. It's, it's an amazing company. It's uh, as I told you, I work at, in the the main show that I worked there was She Hulk uh, at Turning Law. Mm-hmm. That it was a really challenging show because uh, it, it's first of all it's a series instead of a movie, so it was a like the budget that you have for a movie compared with a series is much lower. But people expect the same the same amount of the same quality that you get in average shows, right? And also the matter something that I say about characters is that usually to do female characters in this is more difficult. Because like everything is softer, so that's that's something that people don't consider. And it's like when you do, when you do um, for example, when you do Thanos, right? When they did Thanos, Thanos, what happened is it's it's a character, but it's kind of a monster in some way, right? So it's you you have you have like a lot of facial features that needs to be really strong, and usually in 3D that's in some way easier to do than to get like the softer softer shapes of like a female face, for example, right? So, Shiho was really challenging in that way for the entire team because it's they needed to have this monster that is Hulk, right? But on the same time, she had to be like sexy and she had to be pretty and she had to be so she had to be encapsulated in a lot of stuff. So it was it was like a challenge, a really challenging thing in that way. And also, it was it was the character it was going to be in every single shot of the of the series, right? So so it was it, it, it was it was a really challenging but really interesting thing to do. Uh, there I worked mainly on clothing, so I work I work in uh, in some of the main suits from from She-Hulk. So, for example, the uh, I don't know if you watch the series, but like the the suit that uh, the the designer ta- tailors for her, that is like the, I think it's a blue and a purple suit, like the, the one that she used for work. Uh, I I, I model that, and so at the moment I, in DD I was working as a modeler. So I could model like uh, almost anything that came across. So one of one of these these were some of my main assets there. Uh, and again, in something to clarify, coming from different industries, that in visual effects, everything is really structured. So yeah. like there is people that do modeling, people that do texturing, people that do look depth, lighting, and it's everything is like kind of like a chain of production where you have everything separate. So in my case, I was doing modeling. Another artist would do the texturing of the of the assets lighting look there and everything so so yeah that's uh that was a bit uh with she hulk and then when she hulk finished uh i had a few like couple of months where where like the show finished and i was oh it was in the process of finishing so there was like not so much work we're doing some shots called and stuff like that uh, and in two shows that were black panther and stranger thing they needed a bit of help in some assets so so i jumped there and i work in like not i, I didn't work like created any asset by myself entirely, but I helped in some assets. Like I did, like a, a like the model of a rabbit. 
I work in some uh, crowd agents for for Black Panther and some assets of one of the main and one of the main characters that it was fun. Uh, and yeah, yeah. That after that, I moved to I moved I moved to Dinek. Yeah, it was it, it, it was a great experience in digital domain. It was it was it was great to work there. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, when you work on digital assets, um, it, it 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 there is a lot of iterations, right? Where where you, you, the model needs to be like on a, on a level that most probably also you know most audience wouldn't really realize how much work that actually really you know like uh, contains in terms of like how you know geometry is is correct and how how you actually almost are part of i mean you can obviously talk about that better than me but how how the whole almost like the chain of reaction needs to be needs to be correct in terms of like if you're going to send it to the texture artist or you know put it like in a different environment right yeah that's that i think is the main difference between films and games both of them and the other industries in 3d that usually I, I was coming, as I told you, I was coming from the experiential marketing industry where one 3D designer, we call it 3D designer there, does everything. So I do the model of the space, I download the assets, so I do the level design, let's say. Uh, then you then you do the lighting, you do the rendering, you you are doing the, the concept design also. So it's everything is in one person. So the, the fun part of that is that you are doing everything. So it's you right. it, it would be called a generalist in, in visual effects or games. The thing with that is like usually, first of all, the deadlines are much shorter. Uh, and also because you're doing everything, the quality, it can never get the quality that you get in, our, in industries like, like ours now. So what's happening, and that this is why movies and games, they end being so expensive to build. Because there is, uh, we call it like the, the, the last 1% rule, where the, you can get to a point of like getting something to look okay pretty fast. And then that last 1% of making the thing look great and make sure that it looks realistic and like the viewer doesn't realize that it's 3D, that's the most difficult part. So that's the part when that takes a really long time. So sometimes, for example, let's say, uh, to give you an example, for example, if I would be creating a costume for a character or I, I'm, I'm creating a, an animal or whatever, right? There is a concept art. So there was a concept artist that, that, that created the concept. So it's a 2D drawing. And then I take that and mixing references from the concept uh, co the concept and references from real life, I would create this character or asset or whatever. So usually it takes like, again, quite short to get to a first stage. And then there is a process of feedback with your supervisors or your leads and also with the client that there is a mix of feedback in terms of, okay, we need to make this more realistic. So we need to make sure that the anatomy follows properly, that everything works in that way. And also there's creative direction because the director has a has a, a way of thinking and an idea in, in their head. So it's like, we, we need to follow that also. So usually what happens, there are a lot of interactions. And at the same time, there are a lot of interactions in different departments. So as we were talking before, you have modeling, you have texturing, you have look dev, you have lighting, you have like CFX and everything, animation. So what you need to do is the difference between VFX and games and another pipeline, how it would be like interior design or whatever, is that everything is divided and everything needs to be correlated with each other. So while I'm doing the modeling, I need to be thinking, okay, this needs to work for the guy on texturing to take it out, take it on. But at the same time, it needs to work for CFX to do muscle simulations. And at the same time, it needs to, the topology needs to, needs to be even enough to work for animation. But at the same time, it cannot be heavy, yeah, like too heavy because if not, it won't run in the render. 
So it's it's all like that. And then the material artist needs to be sure that it looks good, but it, it doesn't take too, too, too much time to render. So there is a lot of things to consider. And that's why in, again, in these industries, usually they are really picky with the matter if you have experience in these kind of big workflows. And that's why it happened that it's, it's, it's a bit annoying sometimes for beginners because usually what happens is like, oh, I have experience in 3D for a lot of years. Yeah, but you don't have experience in these fields, like in films and games. So what happened is like, okay, we need you to understand this, this pipeline. So we need to understand that you are not working for yourself only. You need to be working for like the entire pipeline itself. So in my case, I love to talk uh, in, one, in one of the latest shows that I worked, we had a really good communication between, between different departments. And that was great because like I was constantly knowing, okay, the texturing artist needs this, so I need to change the UVs in this way. I need to do this and that and that and that. And in that way, the, the thing flows much better compared with other projects where I work in my thing, then I finish my thing, I send it to the texturing artist, and then it's like, oh, we need to change this, this, this and that. So then you go back to the wheel. So that's why it's really important that each each department is capable to doing the things properly uh, to not not make problems in, in the rest of the pipeline after. There will always be problems. There will always be things that needs to be fixed. That's 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 what happened. And that's why, again, that's also why it takes long. And also the pipelines are changing all the time. Uh, for example, now at the moment, like a lot of uh, studios are changing to the USD workflow, right? And to work yeah. maybe in Houdini and stuff like that. So in that case, like the pipeline that we learned like a couple of years ago is different now. So now we need to mm -hmm. we need to create we need to create the asset in a div or publish the asset in a different way. So that's that's a lot of things that people don't know about the the day by day work. That is, a, it's not just creating art. There is a lot of technical technical side of the things that is is also really important. So yeah. Um, yeah. So when it so when it comes down to the to the to the human you know fundamentals, like basically who you are as a person to get hired for DD, it's not only about the skills, but it's also about like how much adaptability you have in you that you can always be flexible for for change, right? Like in the change in the future, how much, uh, right? Like how much are you, are you able to, to change regarding the flow? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that in the sense that you need to be adaptable. Uh, and I, uh, apart from, uh, working, I, I, I mentor some students, mm -hmm. so I teach also. And one of the things that I tell to my students, especially in this moment where technology has changed so fast, one of the main things is you need to be adaptable. You need to, you need to be happy to learn all the time so before i think uh, like our parents they used to or grandparents they used to learn sorry, they used to learn something they used to study a career and then that kind of it they could do a course here and there but that what what mm. with what they learned that was enough in our industry if you are not learning every year something new <laughs> you you fall behind it's crazy it's like if you don't learn like if if i would think the software that i was using five years ago compared with what I'm using now, is completely a different story. And that's why you have, uh, like, you have artists that they come really new, like really young artists, that they can escalate really fast because you have the option of learning the new tools. And if you have that ability and you have that core design principles and, and, and the art fundamentals, like, you learn that and you learn the tool. Maybe you learn the tool faster than someone that's been working, like, 10 years in the industry. So that's 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 something I'll be challenging to work in this industry because like if you are not willing to learn that new stuff, maybe you 
you you you have a lot of experience, but if you didn't learn the latest thing or you are not happy to to change your workflow in a different way, it's 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 going to be tricky. So yeah, okay. just I always tell my students like be happy to learn new stuff. That's I think that's exactly. the most important thing. That's great. I mean, talking about you know learning new new tools. What are your thoughts about artificial intelligence? That's a tricky topic to talk about, but yeah, um, my thoughts are that it's kind of inevitable that this thing is here and it will like we need to adapt to it. On the same side, I think needs to there needs to be some regulations for it. Because at the moment, I think everything is all over the place. It's a new technology and and like there are things that are happening that are not ethically correct so or, or copyrighted correct. So that's, that's when we need to, I think there needs to be some kind of regulations for this technology to be adapted in a way that doesn't replace people, but enhance people. Because for example, in visual effects, we've been using, we've been using AI or in games, we've been using AI for, for quite a long time. Not okay. in the sense of like, oh, I type, I type something and it gives me an image, but AI been used, have been used for a really long time in different things, right? For example, in games, AI been used to to determine some of the uh, behavior of the characters, right? Or like how things move or whatever. So it's it's something that is is here, and in different workflows, like we've been using it to to enhance stuff. For example. Uh, we were talking the last time, like with substance, substance painter, right? Or substance designer. There are a lot of like, it's not called AI. It's, it's not called AI particularly. But before, if you want, if you wanted to paint a mask in a, in an object to do, for example, dirt and dust or something like that, you had to paint that always manually, right? Now with substance painter, you can put a, something that is called a smart mask or smart material, yeah, and automatically like considering the shape of the of the asset it will give it will give you it will give you the mask and it will give you the uh, all the elements that you need and even it will layer your materials right then it's a matter of like the artist to take that and make it better and make it work and everything so i think it's a bit the same with ai the problem is when we are starting getting like ai directly copying work from a concept artist where in that case ai is replacing the artist and not in not enhancing it and the artist not getting anything from that so it's 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 a it's a really tricky topic it's like it's it's kind of it's in in some areas it could be uh it's it's great to see a evolvement of a new technology and in other areas it's like oh if this technology is going to replace a lot of shops like it's 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 really tough and on the other side it's like a lot of technology has been replacing shops for a while, so you need to adapt to that. So it's, again, I, I don't have like a clear opinion in both sides. I think it's a technology that is happening. We need to adapt to it, but the technology, I think, uh, needs to adapt also to not to not make harm and to to create like more good stuff than bad stuff. So that's- I completely it. agree. I completely agree with you. Like well, last uh, week, Alexandra and I were utilizing AI for, for a project that we basically just finished uh, a few hours ago. But, uh, but at, at the same time, there, was, there were two ways. There was al almost like two pathways. <clears throat> the first one was to utilize AI, which is, by the way, amazing. Like, it's really amazing to use Midjourney, uh, to use it like creatively. 
we meaning that we could you know we could you know ask a photographer to make a picture which we want and then on the flip side we can we can edit that in photoshop and combining these two together with some words on mid journey basically we can then create a complete new image without you know with multiple variations right that was one way but on the other way which which you just covered in terms of when you said we need to regulate the usage of ai we could also say could you make this image in the style of this photographer or in the style of this artist and that's when it gets very tricky and that's when it gets very much of like we didn't hire the artist we didn't hire the photographer but we are using their style we are using their 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 um, you know wave of uh, method of, of working so i think we basically we had the choice at some point we actually had the choice to do that and then i realized and then both of us we were like we shouldn't take that road we should take the road of actually you know creating being creative utilizing ai and i think uh, ai is definitely not replacing anyone's job but artists who are utilizing ai are replacing artists that are not utilizing ai yeah i i i, I agree with that i agree with that i think i think it's, it's true in that way i think the the ethical side of things needs to be ethic ethical and business side right because it's copyright stuff right we we saw a lot of like people doing like oh give, create this character or create this environment in the style of spider-man understand as like mm. you are able to sell that right marvel will come and tell you wait that's our ip understand even if you create it yourself so it's it's is mm. where it, there's a thin line that now that is a bit blurring but on the other side i agree with you that when you can use that to speed up a workflow, I think it's amazing. Like, for example, before you would need, I don't know, uh, in one week you would have two interactions of a uh, concept art, right? Maybe now it's a matter of like, okay, you still hire a concept artist or you concept art yourself with that and you have like a much more main interactions with that. So it's, it's yeah, it's, again, I, I have like mixed feelings with that in that way. But... Uh, there are tools that they are there to use at the moment. So I think it's great that you are using it. It's, it's just, we need to make sure to use it ethically, I think. Uh, in terms of 3D, I think we are still far from, like artists still far from getting replaced by 3D, uh, by, by AI, sorry. Um, one of the reasons is this thing of like copywriting stuff. For example, in games now, I know a few studios that they... Like the studios, they make sure that they're outsourced studios, that they don't use any AI because they really want to make sure that like, if, for example, they create a game and one of the assets in the background has something that is an IP from someone else and they get a lawsuit for that, it, they, they don't want to deal with that stuff, right? Because you like, it's, it's a bit um, kind of impossible to control that like in, in big scale. So if, for example, you create the, the concept part of things with AI, but then the 3D and the, the asset itself or the game, it goes, uh, it, you create it manually, then they are a bit more safe in that way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit, it has pros and cons in a lot of things. I think in 3D, we are still a bit far from being replaced by that. Uh, but yeah, definitely we need to adapt and use as much as we can of that, yeah. Yeah, talking about 3D and AI, do you think in the future will be like a sort of, you know, software, like a sort of mid-journey for 3D? I think it will. Uh, I, I don't think it's, it's possible to stop that. 
Uh, even there are now some things. I think that there there is now some stuff like that. What I say is, um, I think the really high quality uh, uh, 3D. So, for example, what we did in films and like like VFX and stuff like that, where you really cannot cannot cannot. Yeah. Um, That's great. You shouldn't be able to realize if it's 3D or real. I think that we are still quite far from that because again, we've been using AI for a while. Like I know, for example, in some studios, they've been using AI for like, I know one, one artist that the studio was working, was creating like an AI thing for facial expressions. And he was telling me I'm the AI because the, the AI would do all the facial expressions automatically. And then the artist would go and fix all the facial expression to make sure that everything looks correctly. And this was a few years ago. It was now for sure the technology advanced. But as you said, like maybe you use Midjourney at the moment, and then you take it, you take that to Photoshop, and you keep like mixing it and improving it. But at the moment, for how it works in, for example, in VFX, that there are so many interactions and so many like kind of really pinpoint feedback and stuff like that. I think you still you need an artist to do all that stuff. Like it, it I don't think we'll be able to say that. Oh, okay, I create this full movie in 3D, and it, it will just happen. I think there will still be. There will still be someone that needs to be doing the stuff. But again, we no one knows. It's like it's there's so so the technology has advanced so fast that we really didn't, we don't know uh, what will happen in a few years. Yeah, I think we we really need conversation. You know, we really need to talk about this, um, especially like what to focus on. Because as you said in the beginning, what you teach to your students is to be you know adaptable and the ability to change by time. I think from now to a year, like things just, you know, step upon each other just exponentially, which is really interesting. So talking and, and having conversation about this is really important. Uh, also, the, fo the focus, I've, I wrote that down, the focus on basically, you know, being a human being that people want to talk with and being adaptable in situations where you can take an asset, doesn't matter where it's from, either, you know, AI or, 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 or uh, made by someone. And you know, making sure that, you know, it goes to the right place at the right time to the right person. I think, you know, people are really needed in that case to communicate, basically communicate ideas, communicate assets from A to B. You know, I think, I think that's uh, probably like a fundamental thing that will never change. Yeah. I think what you say, all the communication of things, I think that we were talking about the human side of things yeah. before, I like the, the, the personal aspect. I think that's also some, something that I think that is really important. That is a matter of like being able to communicate. What happened a lot with artists is that like the artists, we tend to like get in our computers and work in ourselves. Yeah. And it's really important to go out and to meet people and to and to get used to interact with people. And that's why the matter of fully remote work at the moment, I think it's hurting a lot of people in that. Uh, in, I mean, sorry, don't take my words like that. I think remote work is amazing. I, I love remote work, but there are like pros and cons with everything. So. It's like the matter of like not interacting with people. It makes us like a bit less social. And I think in, in a moment where AI is going like this and stuff like that, it's so important to be able to communicate. And for example, a director, right? Even if he has all the tools to do the entire movie in AI, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, like Quentin Tarantino will just go to a computer and do everything? No, he will. he will hire people to help him to do that. Because he doesn't want to do everything. He cannot do everything. So even if it's all AI, let's say. So you will always need people to 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 run the stuff 
and also to again to give creative direction to communicate and the matter of like learning to communicate with peers and with clients i think is, is really really important yeah sorry yeah well that's a great note to that's a great positive note to to end this conversation on really appreciate your time and, um, uh, and your efforts like on on this you gave a lot of great insights and um yeah thank you for so much for for, for your time No, thank you so much, guys, for inviting me. I think it's, it's great what you guys are doing in Mountain Collective. I think I, I saw a, a few of your episodes, and, and I think it's great. You you are getting some some really talented people there, and that's why I'm, it's a, it's an honor, honor that you invited me. And yeah, well, uh, best of luck with this. Uh, it's you you look like amazing people, and <laughs> thank you. Yeah, let's let, let's hope we meet in person one day. <laughs>